Hey everyone, and welcome back to Three Friends Roast Movies. My name's Caleb. I'm Benji. And this week we are joined by our friend Zach Barlow. Say hi, Zach. What's up, everyone? Zach, what is something you were irrationally scared of as a child? Irrationally scared yeah. of? Yeah. All right, so anytime there was just a dark environment behind me, like no light at all, I would think either a shark was going to attack me or a velociraptor was like, going to attack me. Like on dry land? Yes, completely <laughs> dry land. It just it was going to pounce out and attack me and kill me, inevitably. <laughs> I so, mean, that any- wasn't something I was scared of, but I am now. Well, yeah, I would be. It's it's kind of terrifying. But yeah. it was like one of those things where, you know, you, you turn off the lights and you have to walk away mm-hmm. from that darkness. Right. And the farther you get away, the more, like, the fear gets into mm-hmm. you. So, like, you start walking faster. That was a real thing. That's like an advanced version of, like, when you're at the basement, steps to the basement. You, like, turn off the light and, like, sprint yes. up on all fours because yep. you're like, <laughs> something's about to grab me. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we have some awful movies to look at today. We got to sit down and watch Super Argo and the Faceless Giants, which was a gem. (laughs) Um, And I can't wait to talk about it. So let's get into. Very small diamonds. Very small. (laughs) And yet so long. Anyway, we'll get there. All right, we'll go into segment one face Face value. value. Face value. (laughs) (laughs) If you've never seen the show before, in this segment, we will be giving Zach two movie posters and he has to try to determine what the plot of the movie is based only on those posters so we'll start with our first one the abyss from 1989 89 okay there it is so we see (laughs) really yeah get out i love this movie oh i should have checked first (laughs) um so we see just a silhouette of a diver like a classic diver too, yeah. like with the, the huge helmet and everything. Like from SpongeBob. Right. <laughs> so he, they're standing in front of like this like garish blue light. Um, it looks like they're at the bottom of the seafloor. Was this made in America? Yes. Okay, it's important. It's an American movie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nothing is broken. We're fine. <laughs> All right. What do you think this movie's about? Here's... hmm. Well, obviously, there's some kind of monster in this movie Mm -hmm. because you don't name a movie The Abyss without something dangerous being in the abyss. You're giving it a lot of credit. Yeah, I am. Well, it's... It's not a terrifying monster, but it's got to be something. Is it like a friendly monster? Well, we're going to go with, like, a a monster that's attempting to be terrifying, Mm -hmm. but really... Only makes a lot of light. Like that's he just, it. It, it just glows. Yeah, it's just a glowing monster, and this diver runs into it, and then like the diver has to catch the monster, and that's the gist of the movie. I imagine, um, like, have you seen Sky High? Yes. You know the the sidekick who just glows in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's just him at the bottom of the abyss. <laughs> He's like, what's up, dude? I'm at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> All right, so you hit the major beats of it. Um, here's the synopsis from Google. Uh, Ed Harris and Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio oh, are... I didn't f- think of actors. I should have put, like, Matt Damon in the suit. <laughs> Don't worry, you <laughs> have another like chance. <laughs> are formerly married petroleum engineers who still have some issues to work out. They're drafted <laughs> to assist a gung-ho Navy SEAL, played by Michael Bain, Uh, With a top-secret recovery operation, a nuclear sub has been ambushed and sunk under mysterious circumstances in some of the deepest waters on Earth. Not mentioned in this synopsis is the fact that they encounter aliens (laughs) (laughs) at the bottom of the abyss. Dude. 
Yeah. Did the aliens at least glow? I have not seen the movie. Benji, do the, do the aliens glow? Yes, and they look like angels. Nice. Okay. Oh, okay. Wait. Interesting. They look Weird. Like angels. That's that's an interesting option for an alien. Yeah, yeah. right? Uh, they, but they're like blue and purple. Mm. But they look really cool. Did they come from space? Um, I mean, isn't that like a requisite for aliens? <laughs> I don't I, know. I, can, I don't know if it's really explained in the movie, but I'm just going to say yeah. That's a safe answer. All right. I like it. All right. Good guesses, Zach. Let's move on to our second movie, Them from 1954. Don't what read that? anything in the upper right corner. Oh, is that the plot of the movie? Yeah, they, they just give you the whole plot right what there. What the heck? <laughs> so we see on the poster. Yeah, we just see sprawled across the poster, them in like very large letters. Um, it's also really rickety font too. Yeah, right. It's like the classic like 1960s <laughs> chiller font. Yeah. Um, I'll just let you know right now that is a giant ant. <laughs> that's an oh. ant. Yeah, that's an ant. Well, I thought it was a mosquito. So that one's a giant ant too over there, and they're they're eating people. Dang. And those people are saying things like, this poster's way too low, bro. <laughs> low resolution for me to actually read what they're saying. <laughs> it's too um, cool. Oh, wait, come on. There's got to be one poster here that's high res enough. <laughs> the city is under martial law until we annihilate them, is what one of them is saying. Kill, kill one and two take its place, is what the other one is saying. That's what the, the ants are saying? Or <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> What do you, I know that there's, this movie's being very vague from their poster, but what do you think this is about? All right, well, we've got a classic Godzilla scenario here where foreign species turn giant invades a city, mm -hmm. and the city's obviously under martial law until all of them are eradicated. Where did you get that idea from? <laughs> from my brain. Nope, it was the poster. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say the major actors in this movie are probably uh, Miranda Cosgrove, mm -hmm. who probably didn't exist at this point. But it's from 1954, but okay, yeah, yeah. maybe. Keep so it's, a, it's Miranda Cosgrove's mom. Okay. <laughs> um, probably like 12-year-old Tom Clancy. And okay. Okay. Probably about the same age Brad Pitt. I was picturing Shia LaBeouf in this movie for some reason. Yeah, okay. It just seems like the kind of movie he would do. Or Shia LaBeouf's dad. <laughs> it's just everyone's parents. <laughs> I don't think the parents of famous actors are necessarily good actors themselves. No, well, this doesn't look like a very famous okay, movie Okay, that's either. true. It doesn't look like the skill ceiling was too high. Um. Okay, yeah, I mean... It is about fighting off giant ants. <laughs> like, Surprise! I mean, so that is definitely the main point. Uh, here's the storyline. In the New Mexico desert, police sergeant of Ben... Course. <laughs> right, of course. Of course it's in Mexico. Nothing good happens in New Mexico. <laughs> Nothing. It's a bad state. Sorry to anyone listening in New Mexico. Uh, <laughs> police sergeant Ben Peterson and his partner find a child wandering in the desert and sooner... Sorry, this is, like, not written well. There's a, like, wait, hold on. There's a kid they find in the desert. Yeah. Just, and right. That's it. I'm, like, going to have to proofread on the go here. The desert, and soon they discover the giant ants are attacking the locals. FBI agent Robert Graham teams up with Ben, and with the support of Dr. Harold Medford and his daughter, Dr. Patricia Pat Medford, they just... 
her name, middle name's not Pat. That's just a nickname. They destroy the colony of ants in the middle of the desert. Dr. Harold Medford explains that the atomic testing in 1945 developed the dangerous mutant ants, and they also discover that two queen ants have flown away to Los Angeles, and they are starting a huge colony in the underground of the city. When a mother reports that her two children are missing, the team and the army have a lead to follow. Will they arrive in time to save the children and destroy the colony? I like the way that they word it. That kind of makes it sound like the ants are going to Hollywood, like... To make it big, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, at least they like, tried. Maybe they weren't going for like nefarious purposes. They were just going to like try so, their acting career yeah. out. Is it just those two guys versus the colonies? I honestly think so. <laughs> I like that they threw in that it's like nuclear holocaust caused. Because right. The ants definitely absorb mm-hmm. nuclear radiation. Which, fun fact, is exactly how Godzilla started in the right. first movie, not the first one, the one before the one that recently came out. Right. Um, I do, here's my question. Maybe this is like really ignorant. Does the New Mexican desert have ants? I don't think it has cities either. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any cities in New Mexico? (laughs) Honestly, there's, there's probably not much there. Are there ants in the New Mexican (laughs) desert? There's area 51. There are 11... I like how Google has, like, a pop-up for this. Like, they have the information, like, Does it have, like, different ranges of the ants? (laughs) There are 11 species of harvester ants in New Mexico. Some are found throughout the state and may be encountered, like, Paganomermex Barbados. What a cool name (laughs) that I'm probably saying totally wrong. (laughs) It says they're found statewide, so, you know. Okay. And there are there are ants massive. in the New Mexican desert. Well, <laughs> I don't think I think that that was a separate issue. <laughs> could, you, every week. could you imagine if you saw this movie and your takeaway was that the ants in New Mexico are giant? <laughs> <laughs> like without actually being there, you right. could just assume, wow, these ants are huge. Right. And well, one day I'm you just go to there. <laughs> one day you just go to New Mexico and you're like, oh, the ants are really small here. <laughs> I really want the just ants, like normal ants. <laughs> I really want the ants to look exactly like they do in the poster too, like bird heads and just yeah. normal ant bodies. If New Mexico was like the most wonderful state in the world and it had everything that you wanted and there was a great job there for you but they had giant six foot ants <laughs> would you move there uh, yeah you would well you could get a job exterminating ants that's true Ooh, you could just buy a shotgun because they they right now new mexico still has a really big wild boar problem so really tackled it on with giant ants. that's wild it's 2019 <laughs> but these ants are also yeah, like your wild boar under control people that's true <laughs> at least in the well, poster i mean so do wild boar too i like to imagine that ants wild would eat boar us if they had the eat choice people yeah wild boars are terrifying yeah there's i'm so scared property, like, that's not even a thing that i have to worry about around here and like i'm scared <laughs> of them i know like wild boar have a serious problem with like digging up crops and everything but i didn't know they yeah. murdered people and ate them this is a really interesting thing <laughs> there was a wild movie boar. talk show podcast <laughs> there was a wild boar scene i think in predator too really <laughs> yeah classic that's cool. <laughs> all right let's move on to segment number two who, who wants, wants to, to be, be a, a cinephile, cinephile? So in this segment, we will be giving Zach four quotes from each of the movies that we just talked about, and he will have to try to tell which of the four is a real quote and by, you know, order of elimination, which three are the fake ones. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Number one, The Abyss. Are you ready? Yes. Here are the quotes. So raise your hand if you think that, so raise your hand if you think that was a Russian water tentacle. 
the first quote. Mm-hmm. The second quote is, I've never seen numbers like this. It's got to be something extraterrestrial or worse, Russian. <laughs> Are all Number four three, of these quotes about Russians? They talk about Russians a lot in the movie. <laughs> Did not know that, but now I love it even more. <laughs> the way that thing looked at me, the way it stared. The last time I, the last time I saw something that beautiful was when I visited Hippie's mother. Hippie is one of the characters in the oh, submarine. Okay. Uh, nobody can know what happened down there. What happened in the abyss stays in the abyss. Stays in the abyss. <laughs> Let me try that one again. It kind of ruined like the whole mood. Nobody can know what happened down there. What happened in the abyss stays in the abyss. Capiche? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Had to make sure the capiche was at the very end. Hey, That's good. I didn't write these, or did I? I don't know. Well, it's time for you to guess. <laughs> All right, we're going to throw the fourth one out. I, it seems okay. too generic for me, and I would think I would have a higher standard for you. So I would assume that it would be like something, at least like. Wait, so you like think a, the fourth it, one is? It's too generic. Oh. Like you could. It, that's from a lot of movies. What happens okay. in the that's fair. Days. Yeah. So we're gonna throw that out. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a guess here and say the first one isn't from the movie either. Okay. The Russian tentacle, because that doesn't sound real. So we're down to the... It doesn't match the realistic nature of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I would assume that they know there's not going to be Russian tentacles down there. Mm-hmm. So, um, But I'm I'm going to bet on the second quote. I think that's the one from the movie. The, or worse, Russian, that yes. one. I like that one, so... Good guess. That was one I wrote. Dang it. <laughs> the real one was the first one about the Russian water tentacle. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no. There's... There are Russian tentacles yeah. in this movie. I don't You'll, like that quote at all. <laughs> that makes me take cringe. this. Take this away for the second one. Um, these movies are never. You always want to give them more credit than they actually deserve. <laughs> <laughs> like it really can be that bad. Uh, all right. Russian tentacles. <laughs> Moving on to the second one. Them. It has an exclamation point. I don't know if I pointed that out before. I didn't see that it's in the post. Them. <laughs> Which I think is funny. I don't know. It just strikes me as kind of weird. Like when you think about a movie and you name it something as like, like powerful as them, you wouldn't expect like them to just be ants, you know? Yeah. It seems like like, it like them. The idea of them. This is like getting very like metaphysical. The idea of like them is like very like grandiose and sort of like ominous and looming. And ants just aren't that. <laughs> Even giant ants aren't that. They're just still not that there. interesting. <laughs> right. I would imagine them to be like a different like species or like like aliens or something. Something super unknown too. Right. It's like they're like just very like. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for the four quotes? Let's go for it. All right. Here we go. Number one. Does someone smell ants? <laughs> <laughs> the second one. <laughs> There's not a big enough magnifying glass in the world to burn these devils to the ground. I feel like I should be saying these in like a 1940s. I'm going to say the rest of them in like a 1940s Dude, do it. accent. Like a military accent. I had a run-in with the ants when I was just a boy, and I've been terrified of the things ever since. Ooh. And the last one. No, we haven't seen the end of them. We've only seen a close view of the beginning of what may be the end of us. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, that's a pretty good quote. Can you read the second one again? Yeah. There's not a big enough magnifying glass in the world to burn these devils to the Never ground. Mind. I meant the third one. I had a run-in with ants when I was just a boy, and I've been terrified of the things ever since. And that's fair. If you're talking about the ants in this movie... Don't you want to know what the run-in is? Yeah, I definitely do. 
I imagine what's, it's not as traumatic as they make it sound. What's the story behind this ant encounter? He's like, I don't know. It the ant's got on an ant hail once. The right. ant's in the pants. <laughs> They're like, what, what was the encounter? He's like, one day I sat in an ant hill. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, again. oh, it's that. That's it. Like, never again. I've had more traumatic experiences with a cat, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you think is the real quote? Um, I'm gonna say the third one. It's the, I had a run in with the ants when I was just a yeah, boy. Yeah, that one. That is not correct. Was it the second one? <laughs> nope. Wow, do you want to take another one? You're between uh, the first and the fourth. Well, now I have first and the fourth. Um, the first one. Nope. <laughs> wow. Oh for three. I, I let me if if I may be so bold, I have gotten a lot better at writing these quotes since the first one. <laughs> like yeah. because I used to give them too much credit. And now I'm like, there really is no limit to how stupid the quotes from these movies can be. That's that quote just sounded like it sounded like one of those like tongue twister things that you yeah, usually like. Right, talk that about. I love that I yeah, love. That so you it's would like, love. No, we haven't seen the end of them. We've only had a close view of the beginning of what may be the end of us. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. That light is terrible. Oh, and thanks. it's so oh, cheesy. That's the one I liked. I know. I, I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> I love it. It's the beginning of the end, and we're all going to die. But no, it's just ants. It's You'll just ants. Fine. Like, you're telling me that we can't be ants? Okay. <laughs> then maybe humanity deserves to die. This is yeah. the 50s, so... All right, they didn't let's have move. Raid back then. <laughs> That's true. They just need a <laughs> lot of raid. All right, let's move on to segment number three. Screens, Screens from, from a hat. hat. <laughs> I tried to wait up for you. Yeah, I could no, see that you were scrambling for, for it. It's okay. We're going to do Screens from a Hat right now. All right, for this segment, we are going to give Zach a genre, a conflict type, and potpourri, a random plot device. Uh, and you have to work all three of them into one coherent movie plot. Uh, and. Then you'll need to give us the title for the movie too. Gotcha. So here are your here's your here are your three elements. The genre is romance. Romance, okay. The conflict type is man versus man. Okay. Or man versus woman, either one or woman versus yeah. woman. Mankind versus mankind. Yeah. Simple dosy do. And then your potpourri is a runaway train. Potpourri. Potpourri. Potpourri is a runaway train. So you just have to somewhere in the plot include a runaway train. <laughs> This has to be man versus man. I was thinking like a trippy, like Thomas the Tank Engine love scenario. I mean, it could be. Like, I mean, technically, I, I think it would fall under man versus man if like it was one sentient thing versus like a similar sentient thing. Okay. So if it was like aliens versus aliens, still kind of the same. It's like still pretty much man versus yeah. man. Okay, kind of the gist of it. Yeah. Well, we're going to throw the Thomas the Tank Engine out the window. Oh, man, I was really excited <laughs> to hear about that. Well, no. no, it's fine. It's fine. Give it's, us your, give us your yeah, plot. That's, okay, so here's what we're going to go for. We have man versus man conflict, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a romance with, right. involving a runaway train. Do you yes. remember that movie? Uh, I forget what his name is, but the guy who played Qui-Gon Jinn in <laughs> Liam Star Neeson. Wars. Liam Neeson. And you remember the... <laughs> you remember the... the the train movie he Unstoppable? was on. Was, was it, it that Unstoppable? one? Wait, was it the one where... Source was, code? I don't it remember. Was, the title of the movie was like the train number. I forget it? what it is, but he's like, just like, he takes, the like the train is going to like explode or something. I didn't watch the movie. I just remember it being <clears throat> oh, advertised. Yeah, 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 yeah. This that's, was only like two or three years that's ago. That's the source code, I think. It might be was the source code. Was he in code. that? Hold yeah. on. Let me look it up. 
It's a Liam Neeson train movie, Liam and Neeson the train Neeson. has like a bomb on it. It's either because I think that was the plot of the source code, and then he like keeps getting like pulled back in oh, time. Oh, it's called the Commuter. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. yeah. The source code was Jake. Gyllenhaal. That came okay. out last year. Oh wow, really? Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that was like a really recent movie. Oh yeah, no, source code was really bad. And it was from 2011. Dang. Okay. okay. Well, here's You're what like, we're going with. So we've got a runaway train, and there's a bomb on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's not Liam Neeson. It's actually like. Chris Pratt when he's like 26 (laughs) okay okay? he's the main actor in this movie and his romance is with some chick who's literally like what's a like a bomb maniac okay like she loves bombs like a okay like a pyromaniac almost yeah like a pyromaniac but with bombs or maybe she's just an anarchist or she's just crazy one of the two or three I can't count Anyway, so Chris Pratt is the superhero protagonist in this movie, and his girlfriend is a bomb crazy chick okay. who just loves blowing up trains, okay? And there's one train that she hasn't blown up out of all of the trains in all of America. There's only okay. one left, and Chris Pratt has to stop her. So she's very good. Yeah, she's incredible at this. And it's not like a joint operation either. She's the only one bombing these trains, okay? Wow, it's a solo operation, and she's bombed every train in America? Wait, so are they already boyfriend and girlfriend? Um, no, he just has, like, a weird love thing for her. Wait, did he know about this? Did he fall in love with her because of... Yes, like, he loves the fact that she's blowing up... Like, he thinks it's, like, cool, but he also realizes it's wrong, so... (laughs) He's like, hey, girl, I like how you killed all those people on those trains. (laughs) (laughs) But he also... So it's, like, this man-versus-man conflict with this chick who's blowing up trains. We're gonna name her Stacy, so I can put a name to it. Yep. So between Stacy and Chris Pratt, but he's also struggling with himself because he's gotta be like, I think this is cool. Yeah, like, I think this is cool that she's blowing up trains and stuff, but at the same time, I gotta get her to stop because it's wrong. Oh, that's interesting. So it's kind of like a forbidden love sort of thing. Like, he loves her, but also he needs to stop her. Yeah. So the conflict is between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And at the very end, there's some super awesome sacrifice that one of the two has to make, and they fall in love, but then one of them dies. Aw. And there's a dog. (laughs) And there's a dog. (laughs) Which one of them dies? I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I feel like it would happen to the girl, right? It can be. Maybe she gets sabotaged on one of her own train. It's bombs. either the girl dies or he dies, but because of that, she stops. She changes up her trains. ways. Yes. And then probably goes to jail forever. Probably, or, but yeah. Um, and what is the name of your movie? The name. Um, I forgot about the name of the movie. Now I gotta think of one. Chris Pratt and the Explosive Angel. <laughs> They put his name in it. He thinks his name just Chris Pratt in the movie. So yep. he, he plays himself. Yes, he plays himself. No, 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 no. He's playing a different Chris Pratt. <laughs> okay, okay. So uh, <laughs> it's Chris Pratt playing playing Chris Pratt in Chris Pratt and the Deadly <laughs> Angels. But Wait, it's a it different Chris angel? Pratt. Wait, was it Explosive that? Angel? Yes, Chris Pratt and the Explosive Angel. I like that. But it's yeah, that's good. Look for it in theaters. This fall, I don't know. All right, now we'll move on to segment number four, a case Case analysis analysis of the obscure obscure B-rate cinematic cinematic collection. collection. In this one, we will be talking about the movie that we got to enjoy together, Super Argo and the Faceless Giants. (laughs) The good stuff. There's like simultaneously so much to unpack and so, so little. It's like 
we can really make this sound like way more than it actually is. Right. Like, just, you know, if you haven't seen this movie, I'll just fill you in. Like, we looked up some synopses of these movies just to kind of refresh. And all of the ones that I found were a single sentence. Literally a single sentence And long. I can't even fault them for that because there was just <laughs> nothing else to talk about. So... The plot was simple. Right. It didn't so, change. Yeah. There were no curveballs. There was no, like, rising or falling action, really. So this is an Italian spanish film, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and you can tell. Um, it, it starts with a masked wrestler, kind of like a luchador, but not really a luchador, um, named Super Argo. And that is his superpower, is that he is a masked wrestler. And... I shouldn't say that. That we'll that's all that it. we get of him. Yeah. But as the movie goes on, we we see a couple of other like kind of random and rarely useful superpowers. But extremely so, convenient. Right. So uh, we see Super Argo fighting. He kind of like retires from that life. Um, and then we kind of get like these shots of these like weird robot android men who make a very annoying and very droning alarm sound. Every time. Every time they're on screen. Um, they get out of the back of this truck, and then they, they just kidnap athletes, like world-class athletes. They're either doing one of two things anytime they get out of a truck. Kidnapping a super athlete or stealing all the money in a bank. Right. That's Literally, all they that's do. That's all they do. So we get these people. They you know, are obviously the faceless giants. Although, quick, quick little note, thing I noticed... They're not faceless, and they're not giants. Nope, they are <laughs> normal-sized people. And they have faces. And they do, in fact, have faces. Maybe it was just something lost in translation. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> One um, thing I really couldn't get over was the serious bags under their eyes. Like, they didn't yeah, get Yeah, they all looked really sleep. tired. Yeah. <laughs> like, I kind of felt bad for them. It was, like, kind of sad. Right. Like, you empathized with them, and then they started beating people up, and you're just like, you don't deserve any mm -hmm. sleep. So this will surely sound like we're leaving details out, but we're really not. Nope. Not um, so Argo teams up with uh, these two other people, I think, um, and they obviously want to get to the bottom of who is who these robots are that are stealing all these athletes they're from like the CIA and also robbing banks. Right. Um, and they're like, well, enlist Super Argo. We get a really weird shot of Super Argo very slowly destroying a vase with his mind, which is powerful. Um, like, yet. yeah. So slow and, and not so slow, not slowed down. <laughs> like not slow is in slow mo. It like moves slowly in real time, <laughs> which is like very strange. Um, and it's, then it's so like the vase is so obviously being pulled apart mm -hmm. by like two random people, right. and <laughs> like then with it, their hands. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally him staring at the vase. Cuts to the vase slowly moving apart. And then it cuts back to his face, which is still just him just, like, staring at it. concentrating so hard. And then when it cuts back to the vase, it's shattered. Right, it, like, regular <laughs> explodes. Like, it's gone. Um, A-plus editing. Right. So, this movie is only an hour and a half. It felt like three hours. But, it, like, literally... <laughs> truly did. Like, the first act is maybe, like, ten minutes long, and the third act is, like, also maybe ten minutes long. And the rest of it is just, like, the second act, which is just over and over and over again. The android stealing an athlete, Argo <laughs> trying to stop them, failing somehow. Like, these things move like walking dead zombies. Like, not like the fast ones from, like, World War Z. Like, they shamble. And, like, <laughs> and despite this, 
no one seems to be able to get away from them. No, like, they all get caught. All it would take is walking at like even <laughs> a brisk walk to get away from them. They're obvious. I mean, they're very strong. They move very strangely. Um, Real, they love to flail their arms, right? Too, which I noticed in mm-hmm. combat every single time. They're just yeah. like they throw just throwing their arms everywhere with literal flails too, which I yeah. thought was kind of like medieval <laughs> flails. A lot of them were wield- <laughs> like wielding. Um, okay, so the, the the one kind of unique plot thing here. I mean, it's not unique, but it is unique to the movie. Um, is that they steal this girl who is like tenuously the love interest. It's never like really established, but. They steal her, they take her back, uh, and Argo, Super Argo, is like, you know, we gotta find her. I mean, they're all they're all like that. They're all of them want to find but her. But we did to Super Argo. remember there is this was a sequel to the first That's movie. That's true. So they could have previously had a love interest That's from the true. first one. We don't know that obviously. We didn't watch the original, and I probably never will. Definitely um, won't. I definitely don't plan on it. This sequel was good enough. Right. <laughs> so they chase down these robots or whatever. They kind of like have a plan where they use a decoy, Super Argo. Um, and then they capture him and so he gets on the inside. And then the real Argo kind of like follows them. Um, and eventually they find out that it is like this guy. Just a guy. He's just, he's just, just a, a dude. normal guy. Just a normal guy um, who has been stealing. Uh, he's also a doctor, I would say. Oh, like, that's right. He yeah. was, like, super smart. Right, but also, like, really controversial. So he is stealing all of these athletes and then replacing their organs with robot parts. And the that's it. The whole thing and was just all of weird. This, all of this was just to rob banks. Like... That's why he was stealing all the world-class athletes. I maybe I don't understand the law, but like kidnapping seems way worse than robbing a bank. <laughs> I guess. Like I mean, I guess it depends on the bank and the person <laughs> that you're kidnapping. But like, he kidnapped a lot of people and, and, em- and the mutilating emphasis, their bodies. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and the emphasis on the movie wasn't even on like the kidnapping. It was on the one girl being kidnapped. Right. And like. Just stopping them in general. They didn't really care about any, like, exactly. like making them pay for what they did exactly. or anything. And he couldn't think of an easier way to rob a bank. Like, he's clearly a smart guy. Like, he made, <laughs> he made these robot people. You're telling me that he couldn't figure out a way to rob a bank that didn't involve kidnapping, like, dozens of people? We see, like, we see literally dozens of these robots, and then later on when Argo gets to his, like, lair, he finds, like, probably 30 more athletes. Like, he had kidnapped so many people. They're super athletes, too. This is, like, the modern-day LeBron James being kidnapped. Athlete genocide happening. (laughs) And, like, like, LeBron James and, like... Tom Brady are kidnapped. Well, Tom Brady's... uh, Sorry, any Patriots fans listening, but he's not a super athlete. (laughs) He's just a really good football player. But on an athletic scale... Let's, like, the name brand, Tom Brady and right. LeBron James, go missing. Like, these aren't, like, Little League. Like, he's, he's literally waiting for, like, championships. Yeah. And kidnapping the best person. And, like, nobody really cares a whole lot about this. The CIA does get involved, but at the same time, it's, like, they don't care about the right. athletes. They just want this guy to stop. Like, he's really, like, dug a grave for himself. So they brainwash the girl that they capture to think that Super Argo is out to kill her and her brother. Yeah, um, that plot point. Yeah, I mean, it's because it's so... It, it's not... It's barely even influential. 
it comes up once where they finally get her back and she kind of like hears a voice in her head that's like kill him kill him now <laughs> um and so Literally. she like in the middle of the night like super goes to sleep and she goes and takes his gun and shoots him but his tiny little latex spandex outfit <laughs> Is bulletproof and it doesn't do anything. Which only she comes shoots up him point blank. <laughs> she shoots him point blank with a gun that was obviously placed in the open. They really could have. Um, and yeah, all this just kind of culminates in him. He captures him. That's the end. That's <laughs> like, it. I mean, like, there's not really a big final fight. Like, Super Argo, he just he captures the guy and the guy goes to prison. And they rescue all of the athletes. But I don't, unless I'm forgetting, they don't do anything to fix the athletes that were already hurt and, like, transformed into robots. They just, they just get left robots. Yep. So really, really how any, much did he accomplish? Didn't get any clarity on that point. Yeah. So at the end of the day, Super Argo is a mediocre, at best, superhero who is only slightly better than a normal person whose uh, main ability comes not from anything he can do, but just a, a really advanced textile that is capable of being spandex and also bulletproof. Um, he can jump really high that he only demonstrates once in the movie. He can shatter things really slowly, also only demonstrates once in the movie. He can read minds, again, only demonstrated once in the movie. Oh, um, and so... Yeah, he, he I mean, float, he gets the job done, but and, also, at that point, you kind of have to ask yourself, couldn't how just a normal detective have done that? <laughs> <laughs> what about Super Argo makes him special? And the answer is the costume. His suit. <laughs> Which, I think he should just go into, like, mass-producing that. Like, if he really wants to have a positive impact on the world, like, share that technology. And then like, he could be, like, the reverse of the doctor. Right. Instead of, like... Exactly. Incapacitating super athletes, he makes everyone super. Aww, and everyone be, can save themselves. Wouldn't that be nice if afterwards he gave all the athletes those suits and was like, for all your trouble, here is that. <laughs> someone someone online, I can't even believe this, compared Super Argo to James Bond in terms of sex appeal. <laughs> oh, I was no. like, get out. I, I was didn't, like, come on. I didn't realize, <laughs> like, I had no idea what he was talking about until... until he saw the movie. <laughs> like, well, until he peeled away in his, like, Porsche car. That's true. That, was that the, guy's cool. <laughs> the only comparison to James Bond is the car. Like, right. That's it. Mm -hmm. And There's maybe the else. technology, but nothing about sex appeal in there. So, all in all... I give um, this movie, I haven't done this in a while, three faceless giants out of seven. That's good. I have nothing to compare this to from like... James Bond? Well, I guess I can compare <laughs> to James Bond. So we're going to go with one golden bullet out of 85. Wow. Maybe like, <laughs> yeah, no, just one. You give yours like a... 1.25 and I give mine like a 50. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, again, I have nothing to compare it to, so That's true. don't take my judgment for it. But again, that is a whole golden bullet. How about like, you, Benji? Uh, I'll rate it two turbines out of 10. Two turbines out of 10. All right. Well, thank you, Zach, for joining us. 
if you all would like to watch this awful movie, it's free on Amazon Prime, <laughs> which is saying a lot, because normally these movies are like two bucks. This one, they were like, just take it. So if you <laughs> want to compare this to anything. <laughs> if you want to experience it for yourself, the magic of Super Argo, check it out on Amazon. <laughs> check back here next week for another episode. You can see all of our past episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, subscribe for a new episode every week. Uh, we, we will have more friends and more bad movies and just, just more good times. More friends. More movies. <laughs> more people. As always, thank you for no joining us. Giants. <laughs> no more faceless giants. No more. Never again. The faceless <laughs> giants. As always, thank you for joining us for some more B-rate movies. Extra crispy. See you guys. See ya. Deuces. Deuces.